0: Welcome to the Celebrate Community Church of Yankton podcast. My name is Jeff Todd and I have the privilege of serving as pastor of this amazing church community here in Yankton, South Dakota. I just wanna say thank you for joining us and it's my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Good guests again. And we're so glad that you're joining us here today. We've been in a series called God's Gifts of Christmas. And we love the fact that one of the greatest parts about Christmas, whether you want to admit it or not, is the presence. And we all love to give gifts, but this series we're talking about four gifts that come from God, and that's not just for Christmas. It's it's for all year long. And a lot of times the best gifts that we can get are those things that you just can't buy in a store. And so we're going to unpack that for us in the next uh, couple of weeks as we're leading up to Christmas Eve that we're going to be having there. Um, Last week, if you weren't here, again, I encourage you to go to our website, yankton.church. You can go to our YouTube channel or podcast as well and catch up. But we talked about the first gift, and that was the gift of hope. And I made the statement that I said, hope really depends on what you attach it to. Whatever you decide to put your hope in, that will be the result of that hope. And we talked about how we put our hope sometimes in things that aren't helpful. We put our hope in things like people. We put our hope in things like our job or our finances. And no matter how much people love us, no matter how great our job is, no matter how much money we make, eventually those things are gonna run out and, and, and we're gonna be disappointed. But, but we talked about if we put our hope in Jesus. If you attach your hope, the gift of hope to Jesus Christ, the gift that God gave, you'll never be disappointed. We talked about how it'll give light to your situation, and it'll help you move forward, not backwards. So I hope that you receive the gift of hope that we talked about last week. Because we also mentioned the fact that as we talk about presents and gifts and, and giving gifts, it's not actually a gift unless you receive it. You, you can give a gift, but it's not truly a gift unless you choose to receive it. So today, as we continue, we're going to talk about one of, one of the gifts of God that I think is probably, of all the gifts of God, I think this is the most misunderstood gift of God. I think we, we can understand. And, and the question that, the gift that we're going to be looking at today is the gift of peace. I think peace is something that we truly don't understand. And when we talk about this gift, I don't think we get it. And, and here's where I'm going with that. When you look at our world today, and you see around, do you see more peace, or do you see more conflict? When, when you look at our country right now, you look at the status of our, our political situation, do you see more peace, or do you see more conflict? When you look at your job and your co-workers, do, do you see more peace, or do you see more conflict? When you look at your children and, and as parents, do, do, you, do you see more peace, do you see more conflict? How about in your marriage? And we could go on and on and on. I think we would all agree that, that if we put it on a scale and we balance it out, we'd probably see a lot more conflict than we do peace in our lives and in our world. But, but yet, there's something in us. There is a deep-seated desire in every man, woman, and child to have peace, to experience that peace, but yet in our world, we don't see that. And there is a gap between those two things. And I'm going to make a statement that might be kind of hard to hear, but I believe it's true, and we're going to unpack it together. The problem that we run into with peace is as human beings, we are actually not capable of peace on our own. We don't have the ability to have peace on our own. Let me give you some examples. Helen Olaf, she wrote a book called Treaties Made, Treaties Broken. In this book, she looked at the relationship between the Native American population and the United States government. She listed that from 1778 until 1871, that's a period of 93 years. In less than 100 years, watch this church, the United States government entered over 500 treaties with the Native American people. Every single one of those treaties have been broken. Why? Why? And I would contend because we are not capable of peace on our own as people. Now, before we get too hard on our government or, or, or the pastor or look at our, because we tend to just look at our own lives, right? This is something that's bigger than just the United States of America. This has been going on for all of human history. In fact, if we go all the way back to the first century where Jesus was born in Palestine, at that time, there was not peace. There was conflict. There was a, a group of people called the Roman Empire. I'm sure you've heard of them before. They were the controlling party of the area where Jesus was born. And we talk about the Christmas story. We actually say that Joseph and Mary had to be forced to go to Bethlehem because there was a census that was happening in the Roman Empire. That was part of this this group that was there. And if you're not familiar with history, basically the Roman Empire would come in and, and, and they would take over an area. And there was a phrase. It's a very famous phrase. It's called Pax Romana. You might have heard that before. Pax Romana means the peace of Rome. Now, I want to explain to you what that actually meant. When you heard the peace of Rome, Rome would come in, and they would kill everybody that disagreed with them. And as long as you were okay with Rome, they would let you live. And then what they would happen is, since they were so gracious to let you live, you got to pay them taxes. And you got to do what they said. And if they said go, you'd go. They said stay, you would stay. And, and oh, by the way, just as a nice favor, if somebody else would come in and try to attack you, then Rome would defend them, defend you against them. I don't know about you, that doesn't really sound like peace much to me, does it? But it was a very interesting thing at the time called Pax romano. But, but I want to give you the words of a first century Roman philosopher. This is, not, this is not a Jesus follower. This is somebody who lived in Rome. Speaking of this Pax romano. it said, While the emperor may give peace from war for a moment on land and sea, he is unable to give peace from passion, grief, and envy. The emperor cannot give us peace of heart, which many yearn for so many years. And church, that was written over 2,000 years ago, but we could agree that that's still true today, isn't it? And that philosopher is saying exactly the same thing that I just said, Oz are on our own human beings are not capable of peace. It doesn't happen with us. So on your note sheets, I want you to go ahead and take those out. Again, if you're in the room there on the back of this note sheet, it's blank. I'd love for you to write some things down. Um, I know there's some of you that have actually developed your own notebooks that you take. I love that. I think that's awesome. Like to bring a notebook and have notes every week, that's so great. But if you don't, that's what we provide this paper for. But I'm going to give you two things that peace is not and you might want to write these down because this will kind of help us understand what I'm talking about. We talk about peace. The first thing that peace is not, peace is not a pace. I hear this all the time. If I could just slow down. My life is just so busy. I would have some more peace. I just need to slow down. Church, it's not true. USA Today did a survey, and, and they, they made a statement it said people are more souped up, stressed out, and overscheduled than at any other time in history. And I think we would agree with that. Our pace is not the problem. Way back in Christmas 2019, <laughs> notice I said way back. That was only two years ago. But it feels like it was way back, doesn't it? And we say 2019 BC, all right? I don't mean before Christ. I mean before COVID, right? Remember the, remember the Christmas before COVID? This is Christmas 2019, of Americans said they were stressed out. 41%, almost half of the people in the country before COVID said they were stressed out at Christmas time. Do you think that's gotten better or worse? (laughs) I think it's gotten way worse, don't you? Isn't it nuts? We are celebrating the birth of the Prince of Peace, but yet half of the people in this country say they're completely stressed out. You know why? Because peace is not a pace. That's a myth. If we think peace is a place, it's not true. Here's the second thing that peace is not, and I hear this a lot. Peace is not a place. Peace is not a place i had the privilege several years ago of going and visiting my aunt and uncle that live in florida they're watching sometimes if you're watching aunt linda love you uncle dan um we went down there and we got to spend some time with them in florida they live in fort lauderdale we're actually talking about going back there because it was so awesome to to see them they live a 10 minute drive from the atlantic ocean so the first day that i was in fort lauderdale i got up real early because i usually do that anyway and i got my car and i drove to the beach and i did a really cool thing i sat on the beach total darkness, and I got to watch the sunrise over the Atlantic Ocean. If you've never done that, you have to do it sometime. It was breathtaking. It was so beautiful, and, and I can't even, we took, I took pictures, but the pictures don't do it justice, because you don't get to smell you don't get the warmth of the sun, how it comes off the ocean. It was so beautiful. It was so awesome. But I found it really interesting. So I'm on this beach in Fort Lauderdale. I'm looking out, seeing the sun and the ocean. It's just gorgeous, beautiful. And then I would turn around like this. <laughs> and behind me was this massive city, right? There's all these people, all these cars, all this traffic. And it was literally just like, wait, something's not right here. And why is that? Because peace is not a place. While that place was so peaceful, although I was standing in the exact same spot and I saw this beautiful thing, yet right behind me was all this chaos. Does that describe anyone else's life but mine? (laughs) We can be in a place and feel so much peace, but yet we know work is waiting. We know the job is waiting. We know all this stuff is behind us. See, peace is not a place. And some think, too, that peace not necessarily a physical place, but sometimes we think about peace as gonna be like a place that we'll get to, like a, like a season in life. Let, let me play this out for you a second. When you were a kid, remember when you were in high school? When I, when I was in high school, the one thing I wanted to do, graduate. Man, if I could just graduate. As soon as I graduate, as soon as I get, graduate, get my, then man, man, things are gonna be great. And then you graduate. And then you think, man, if I could just find a job. If I could find that job, if I could just get that job that paid good, had the good hours, man, things would be so great. And then you get the job. And then you think, oh, if I could just find that special someone, that, that, that special, perfect Mr. and Mrs. Right. If I could just find, if I could just be, man, things would be so great if I could just be in that relationship. And then you find that person, don't you? And then you think, oh, if we could just get married. If I could just be with this person all the time for the rest of my life. If I could just get married. As soon as we get married, everything's going to be awesome. And then you get married. And then you think, well, if we could have a house. If we could find a place to live, kind of put down our roots, find a nice place, nice house. with nice. Man, if we could just get that nice house, things would be awesome. And then you get the house. And then you think, oh, if I could just become a parent. I just want to have a little baby that I can love and we can watch them grow up and we can have Christmases together. And, oh, if we could just have those things, would be so great. And then they come <laughs> and you think, oh boy. <laughs> and then you think, I can't wait for these kids to go to school. <laughs> They're a lot of work. If, if, if these kids would just get to school, as soon as my kids get to school, man, then things are going to be so much better. I'll have a place to go. They have a place to go. Things will be great. And then they go to school and then they start getting busy. And then you think, man, as soon as they get out of the house, that's the stage Elaine and I are in right now. Boy, boy, when our kids graduate, when when they get done, when when they when they're gone, when they're grown, man, there's so much stuff. It's going to be so great to have them out of the house, and it'll be great. And then they'll graduate, and then you want them to come home, right? (laughs) And then you go on, and you think, man, if I could just retire isn't that the great American lie? Man, if I could just make enough money, I could work hard for 40 years, and then I could just sit back and kick back and relax. I could have, life would be great, and I would just retire. And, and it's just exhausting to even talk through that, but yet that's how we live, isn't it? We think our peace is going to come from a place, a season of life that we'll get to. And church, if you've been down that road, you understand there's never had peace in any of that. There's always the next thing we're always looking for. But, but I'm going to come back to what I originally said, church. We have a desire for peace, don't we? That's something that's inside our heart. But the problem, as I've talked about, we are not capable of peace on our own. And, and, but here's the good news. Peace is one of God's gifts of Christmas. When Jesus came, that is the purpose of peace. And you can fully experience the peace that we can find nowhere else but in Jesus Christ. And last week, we talked about how we're going to be on a journey. We started this last week, and it's going to go all the way through Easter. We're going to be talking about Jesus, and, and we're going to look at this, his life, and we're going to understand who he is. And on the front of your note sheet here, this is your um, kind of our bulletin that talks about our church. I want everybody to take this out. On there... You'll see right on the line, it says our vision statement. And we haven't said our vision statement out loud together for a very long time. So I want us to read our vision statement together. Our vision statement is, we want people to meet Jesus. We want people to do what, church? Jesus. Thank you. We're going to say that more because we need to get back to doing that again. But here's the thing that I understand. If we want people to meet Jesus, we really need to know who Jesus is, don't we? We need to understand who he is. And so that's part of this journey that we're going to go on together we, I want you, everybody who's part of our church to really understand who Jesus is and we can meet him. And our word that we're using is come and see, come and see. Maybe there's somebody, you know, who's maybe anti-church. Maybe they're a little not believe the Bible, that kind of thing. That's okay. This is what this is all about. Come and see, come and see this Jesus and meet him. And we're going to be walking through the four gospels. We would call them Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Last week, I called them the four dudes. I think we're going to stick with that, right? We call them the saints or the gospels or the epistles, but, but we're going to call them the four dudes. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Who are they? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That was a week. We're going to do this more. We're going to do this every week, church, till we get it. Who are the four guys? Matthew. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's how we know about Jesus. Those four dudes wrote an account, and what we're going to do We're going to walk through all four of those, and we're going to go through the life of Jesus leading up to Easter so we can understand who he is. I'm very excited about it. This is something I've been working on for about two years now. Um, Some of you might say, well, after you hear the messages, you might say you might want to go work some more on that. (laughs) But it's exciting because I want you to understand who Jesus was. And so to kick this off, we're going through Christmas. We're talking about the the Christmas narrative, and that's found in Matthew one and 2, Luke 1 and 2. Those are the, the, four, the two Gospels that have the story of Christmas. So in your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 2. And that's where we're going to be at. And we're going to talk about this, what it means to tie in with Jesus, how Jesus is God's gift of peace, what that means and what that looks like. So in chapter 2 of Luke, I'm going to be in the 13th verse. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared, with an angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. If you're familiar with the Christmas narrative, this is the shepherds that are on the hillside, right? Again, God's salvation, God's Messiah is born into the world, and instead of announcing it with a big banner across the world or or going to the great palaces of the great princes, he goes to some shepherds on a hillside and an angel choir that we've probably never experienced on planet earth before, and we might not see again until heaven comes down, and they sing this song, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Now, the problem with the Christmas narrative, for me anyway, is you hear it so many times, sometimes it just kind of blends together. And there's things sometimes that you miss. There's something in that passage that I want to point out to you that I never noticed before. It says, on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. Did you know that Jesus didn't come to bring peace on earth? Did you know that? He came to bring peace on whom his favor rests. Jesus comes to bring peace to those who put their trust in him. Because only in Jesus Christ can we truly experience peace because we are not capable of peace on our own. We need Jesus. That's the gap that we have in our life. And I'm going to fast forward all the way to Easter, and I want you to turn to John chapter 14. It's just a couple pages to the right there, the four dudes. Who are they again? Thank you, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we're on Luke. We're going to just go right to John 14. Going from the night Jesus was born, when the angels said that to the shepherds, to the words of Jesus, the night he would be betrayed. In verse 27 of chapter 14, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Don't miss this church. I do not give to you as the world gives. You know why? Because the world doesn't give peace. It doesn't work. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. I want you to understand what's going on here. Jesus is ready to face the cross. He's with his disciples the night he would die and be betrayed. And yet he gives us a gift of peace. He's at the lowest point of his entire life and his entire ministry on earth, yet he wants to give us a gift, and what's that gift? Peace. Can you imagine that? That's an incredible kind of peace. How could Jesus offer that kind of peace, and what does that mean? Well, again, on your note sheet, I'm going to give you three things to having peace, three ways that we can really understand peace and have this lasting peace that, again, all of us desire. Jesus, how do we make that happen? How do we receive this gift of peace? Here's the first thing we need to do. It starts upward. The first step is having this lasting peace is it starts upward. Jesus is saying here to his disciples, "I am it. I am the only way to have peace. If you want to have peace in your life, it starts with me. We'll never understand peace until we do. That's why we can't keep a peace treaty because we don't understand what it means to have peace, but Jesus does, and he can show us that. Romans chapter 5 says it this way, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. See, if you really want to get real simple and, and real technical on this, there's really only one conflict in all eternity, man to God. And we've talked about this before, how we decided we want to do our own thing, we want to go our own way. And so there's a division, there's a conflict, there's a separation between us and God. That is why we are not capable of peace on our own without Jesus. Jesus came to restore that peace, to restore that broken relationship between man and God. That's why the first step to peace always starts upward. And without Jesus, without a full commitment to him, we cannot understand peace. And I just want to help you with that. That's why we struggle with anger. That's why we struggle with worry. That's why we struggle in all those ways that I've already listed is because we haven't experienced that peace yet. Look at what Jesus says again in Matthew 11:28. 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you peace. Jesus came to give peace. There's an old phrase, and I just love it, so I can't think of something better, so we're just going to do it. It says, no Jesus, no peace. You might have seen this sign before, right? No Jesus, N-O Jesus, N-O peace. No Jesus, no peace. But there's a second part to that that's just as true, and you might want to write it down. No Jesus, no peace. K-N-O-W Jesus, no peace. Church, do you want to know peace? If you want to know peace, then you need to know Jesus. There's no other place on planet Earth, no other relationship where you're going to find it. It's with Jesus. To have a lasting peace, it starts upward. But here's the second thing that needs to happen. It can't just start upward. It has to move inward. Our peace to have a lasting peace starts with Jesus, starts with God's gift, downward from us, upward to him, and then it has to move inward. See, when we really understand this peace, when we really receive that gift of peace from God, it'll change everything in your life. It has to move inward. See, when our peace moves inward, we're no longer a slave to our circumstances for joy. It doesn't matter what happens around me. It's because of what's in me. That's how I can have peace. If I can just be honest with you, church, there's a lot of times in my life where I don't experience that peace, and that's because I haven't, received it from God and put it inside me. I'll give you an example. I really care about what other people say about me. Can I just be honest with you? I really, I really, it really matters to me what other people think. And it used to just destroy me, especially early on in our church, just to, just to get personal. When, when somebody would say something or, or do something that would be hurtful or, or against me, man, that would really hurt. And, and you know what I really began to understand? I wasn't experiencing the peace that God wanted me to have. I wasn't internalizing it. Why? Because I was allowing this thing or this statement to really rob me of that peace. And church, we do that all the time. See, you've heard me say this before, right? This is never the problem. Our conflict between each other is never the problem. This is always the problem. And peace starts upward, right? But then it has to move inward. Because if I want to have true peace in my relationships, I have to make sure that I've received the peace from God. And I can have that hope and that love. Because see, we've talked about it before. People disappoint us, don't they? And, and they'll do things to say things that are hurtful and that are mean. But yet we need to have that peace. And if we really move it inward and we understand that peace comes from God, it changes everything in our lives. Philippians 4.7. You know how much we love Philippians, right? We went through the whole book together as a church in our Happy Days series. So you'll remember this, church. Philippians 4.7. And the peace of God which transcends all your understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Church, how are you doing with your peace right now? Is it being guarded? Is your heart and mind being guarded by Jesus Christ, or are you worrying? Are you stressed out? As I would contend, then, we need to make sure that that peace that we receive from God moves inward. But here's the third one, and this is really where the rubber meets the road. It has to start upward. Out, upward. It has to move inward. But in order to have the lasting peace, it has to go outward. That peace has to go outward in order to be received. I don't know if you remember Charlie Brown in the Peanuts comic strip. I love Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown's awesome. Uh, Charlie Brown Christmas is one of my favorite Christmas movies, right? I love that. See it every year. But, but I just love the, the comic strips for that. And there was one that I just thought was great. You know, uh, Lucy, who was kind of Charlie Brown's antagonist during that whole series. Uh, she walked up to Charlie Brown in this one cartoon and it's just before Christmas. And Lucy says to Charlie, Charlie, it's Christmas. I suggest we lay aside all our differences and be friends for this season of the year. Charlie Brown says, well, that's great, Lucy, but why does it have to be just for this time of year? Why can't we be friends all year round? To which Lucy replies, what are you, a fanatic or something? Everybody look right here. Yes, that's what we are. We are fanatics. It needs to be all year round. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, our peace starts upward. It moves inward but it has to move outward. And we struggle with this, don't we? Do you know why? Because people are a mess. <laughs> people are very, very messy. And we struggle with that. So so here's what I want to do. I want to help you guys out. I want you to look at somebody. I want you to say, look at them and say, you're a mess. Okay, now for some of you, that was a little too easy. So now I want you to look at somebody you're not married to <laughs> and tell them they're a mess. All right? Yeah, thank you. Now look back at them and say, and so am I. We're messes. We're all messes in Jesus Christ. And so that's what we have to learn. That's how we can have that peace. See, when we have a conflict, you know what's easy to do? It's easy to walk out the door. When we get mad at somebody, we have a conflict, it's easy to go. But that's what peace means. See, when you understand peace, when you receive it upward, you receive it inward, and you show it outwards, peace always pushes in. Peace always has a difficult conversation. You know, I heard this one time, and I think it's so powerful. We are called as followers of Jesus to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. I'm going to say that again. As a follower of Jesus Christ, we're called to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. You know what that means to me? I think sometimes we think we're being polite or think we're being nice, right? No, I don't, I don't want to cause any waves. I don't, want to, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I just want to kind of keep, keep, it, keep everything on the even keel. I would push into that and I'd say that might even actually be sin. Because as a follower of Jesus Christ, we need to have those difficult conversations. And if we're being honest, a lot of times we don't do that because we don't want to make waves and we don't want to push into that. But we're not called to be peacekeepers, we're called to be peacemakers. Now, I have to quantify that statement because some of us need to hear this. Jesus also tells us before we take the speck out of our neighbor's eye, what are we to do? we got to take the log out of my own eye first, right? Because if I'm going to speak into something, if I'm going to say, hey, there's some conflict, there's some difficult conversation I need to have, I need to sit down, I need to make sure I got that log out of my eye first, right, before I take that speck out of my neighbor's eye. I think about this with my kids a lot of times. Well, as a parent, I can, see, I can see the speck in my kid's eye very easy. <laughs> and a lot of times I'll go and try to take that out, and my kids will remind me of the log that I have in my own eye, <laughs> And I always appreciate it when they do that. No, I don't. That's a lie. Okay? But, but it's good to see that because we have that. But, but as where I'm going with this, and my point is to say this, as followers of Jesus Christ, sometimes we need to have those difficult conversations. Sometimes showing outward peace is to sit down with somebody and say, listen, I love you, and I just want to show you something. When, when you say this or when you do this, this is how it, it reacts. And I don't think that's the outcome you want. So let's talk and let's see if we can figure that out. Do you see how that works, church? That's how peace moves outward. And we're called to do that. And like I said, I think sometimes we avoid that because we don't want to cause problems, but that always makes it worse, doesn't it? At least it does in my world when I avoid it. Romans 12, 18 says it this way. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, as far as it depends on who? As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You've heard me say this before. There's some people you just can't live at peace with. Can we agree on that? Don't point at them, especially if you're married to them. Don't do that, okay? But there's some people that it's really hard to be at peace with, but it's not up to them. It's up to us, right? That's how peace moves outward. It starts upward, it moves inward, and then it moves outward to say, listen, I'm going to do whatever it takes to have peace in this relationship even if that means that maybe we need not have that relationship anymore. Sometimes that happens. And sometimes that person is not ready to receive that, and that can be hard. But that's what we're called to do, churches. We're called to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers. But here's the thing I want you to understand. As human beings, like we've talked about, I'm not capable of peace on my own. If I go into that conversation, if I go into that relationship with Jeff, there's gonna be more conflict? There's not gonna be peace. There's, I need Jesus. It always starts upward. And, and, and my relationship with Jesus Christ, I always have to be asking myself, how am I doing with Jesus? That starts upward, but then it moves inward. It moves inward. We're not to be lived out, bound by our circumstances. We need to understand what God called us to do. But then the third thing is, it has to always move outward. It always move outward. We have to show other people Even if they don't deserve it, that peace, that love that Jesus causes, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. We sing that song at Christmas. We're going to sing it here in a minute. And I want to make sure you understand that because this is what it means to have peace. First of all, we have to be reconciled to God we have to understand that there is a separation between us and God that we need to mend, and the only way we can do that is Jesus Christ. And if there's anybody in this room or anybody listening online or or on the podcast that has not done that, I want today to be that day where you say, I am going to surrender to Jesus Christ. I I, I want that peace in my heart. I don't experience peace anywhere else or in any other relationship. I want that today, and you can have that today. And as soon as that's restored, we have to move it inward, church. We have to quit doubting ourselves. We have to quit being mean to ourselves. We have to quit looking around at our circumstances for our peace, and we need to make sure it moves inward. And maybe there's some people here today that says, I've said I'm a follower of Jesus Christ, but I don't feel it yet because I haven't moved it inward yet. And maybe that's what you need to do today. But I would put the rest of us in the other camp. How are we moving it outward? (laughs) Because that peace that we get from Jesus Christ is not meant for us. It's not meant just for us. It's meant for us to show outward and to love people, even if they don't deserve it. (laughs) We need to share that peace. And that's the kind of peace, once we receive that gift, that's going to change everything. Let's pray. Lord, when your angels came to announce the birth, your great arrival on planet Earth, They sang that song, glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth, peace on those on whom his favor rests. God, I can't imagine throughout human history how you've watched as we've tried on our own to make that peace. And God, you even provided a way, a model with the temple and with the sacrifice that says now we can try to restore that peace. But but it was fully fulfilled that night when Jesus sat with his disciples and he says, I'm going to give you a gift and I'm going to give you the gift of peace. And I'm going to model that gift of peace by, by sacrificing my, my life even though I don't deserve it so that you can experience that peace. And God, again, if there's anybody listening to me right now who has never done that, I pray that today would be that day where they say, I want that peace. Because in order to start, it has to move upward from us to say, God, we want to be reconnected with you through Jesus. But then it has to move inward, God. God, we have to really understand what it means to not be bound by our circumstances, to not see around us, God, but to experience an inner peace that only you can provide in our lives. And maybe there's someone here today that said, yeah, I've been following Jesus, but I don't feel that peace. God, I pray that today by the power of your Holy Spirit, they receive that peace they receive that gift of peace and they finally move it inside and they say, okay, I'm not going to be worried about this. I'm going to experience the peace that passes all understanding that's going to guard their heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And God, for anyone else, I pray that our peace would move outward. I'd even contend, God, that your word says that if your peace isn't moving outward, you probably haven't got one of the first two done yet. You might need to take a step back and go back to one and two. Because once you experience one and two, the only thing you can do is to push it outward and to share it with the world. Not that it's easy, God. It's hard sometimes. It's really hard when people are mean and hurtful and, and all of those things. But, but God, it doesn't depend on them. We don't love, you don't love us because we first loved you. You love us because of who we are. And God, when we have those difficult situations or people, help us to remember, first of all, your love for us. That we could go into the situation and be a peacemaker, not a peacekeeper. God, I pray for courage when we want to avoid people or topics or conversations. I I pray for courage that we would take that step to ask the right question. More than anything, God, I pray that we would remove that log from our own eye first. And say, God, what am I doing in this situation that can make this worse? And God, we know that that's not always received well. We know that sometimes people don't respond the way we'd hoped. But we're going to trust you in those moments, knowing that you're doing a work in that person's heart. And that maybe someday, 5, 10, maybe 20 years from now, they might come back to you and say, you remember that time you said that, man, that really ticked me off. But you know what? You were right. And I'm so glad that you took that time to speak into my life. God, we are incapable of peace on our own. But one of the gifts we're going to receive this Christmas is the gift of peace that only you provide. And again, God, we thank you for that. And ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for listening. If you live in the Yankton area, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10.30 a.m. at 310 Walnut Street. You can check out more content on our website, yankton.church, or our YouTube channel, at Celebrate Yankton. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe to it and share with others. God bless.